Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the CBCS Chapels podcast. Today, it's me, Mr. Jasper, filling in for Anastasia, who's not here today, introducing and then interviewing the high school chapel speaker today. His name is Dave Keen, and he is the associate professor and chair of Christian Ministries at Biola University. He is also a pastor at Cornerstone Community Church in San Clemente, California, and he is the chaplain for the Orange County Fire Authority. His message today is called, The Moment Doesn't Change The... And we're going to play that for you now, and we hope you enjoy it. Stay tuned after the message for a quick interview with Professor Keen. Thank you for listening. Our chapel speaker today is a very special guest. He's been here at CVCS many times uh, before, and we keep having him back because we're always blessed each time. A special note about this man. He's a pastor over at Cornerstone Community Church in San Clemente. He is the chair of uh, one of the emphasis of the Bible Theology and Ministry Department up at Biola. Uh, but what I love most is that he was my youth pastor uh, when Mr. Dill was just a little one, eighth grade and beyond. Uh, so please warmly welcome my friend, my spiritual father, uh, my mentor, my a lot of other really great things, Pastor Dave Keen. I actually just come to speak here because I just want to keep hearing that introduction from Doc, uh, Mr. Dill um, every time. It makes me know that, oh, something good I've done with my life. You know, when, uh, when Dana texted me a few days ago to come and hang out with you guys, I said yes automatically, and partly because I love high school students. Um, my full-time job is working with college students, but I just think of them as like really old high school students, um, and so I, I love what I get to do at Biola University, and, and high school is this amazing time. I loved my high school years. Um, I was very involved in my school, both with sports and academics and with extracurriculars and student government and dating and church. It was an amazing time of life, but I got to be honest with you, you couldn't pay me to go back and be a high school student again. I love coming alongside you. I love coming along and talking with you about all the possibilities that are in front of you, but I think being a high school student now is so much more difficult than it was when I was in high school so many, so many, so many years ago. And I think a part of that is just the anxiety that you guys are dealing with. And, you know, it's, it's the anxiety because there's so many possibilities, right? You know, you get asked all the time, where are you going to go to college? You got to start applying for a college. And all of a sudden it's like, oh. You know, it's like, hey, who are you going to go to the dance with? Who are you going to be friends with? Where are you going to get a job? All these kind of wonderments. You know, are you getting your driver's license? Can you get a car? Is it the car that you want or is it the car you have to take because your brother or sister had that car? It's the anxiety because there's so much possibility. It's the anxiety of the unknown, the anxiety about the known challenges of friendships and challenges with parents and challenges with grades. And, and that's not even just to mention all the impact that your hormones are playing on your bodies right now, declaring things that you don't want to be declared and the hormones impacting your desires. And you're living in a season 
that I never had to live through as a teenager where I was isolated and locked down at home because of COVID and having to do Zoom classes and having to kind of live through moments of like even going around what's going around in our world today. Anxiety is all around you. And so it's no wonder studies come out of how much your generation is just feeling so anxious and dealing with mental health stress and struggles. And what ends up happening is we personalize that anxiety. And, and really fear is that personal sonification of anxiety in your life. In other words, fear is at the root of so much of what we got going on in our world today. And, and fear, if you go back and look at scripture, is actually a very common emotion for the first followers of Jesus. A lot of times they were afraid. You can look throughout the New Testament. Jesus always tell them, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And yet the reality is that fear keeps seeping into their lives like it seeps into our lives, and fear has a way of paralyzing us. It has a way of distracting us from what is true and important as it screams for our attention. I want to take you to a story that usually is read at Easter time as a glorious story, and yet I want to point out that it started out in a moment of fear. It's in John chapter 20, verse 19 through 21. And Jesus has already arose from the dead. John's already recorded this. He's already appeared to, to Mary Magdalene in the garden. And she tells Mary to go back to the disciples and tell them that she's seen him alive, that Jesus is alive, that the tomb is empty. And so the disciples have heard the story from Mary. They get the great report of this good news. But because they haven't seen him yet, they don't believe her. And so it starts off letting us know, in John chapter 20, verse 19, it says, On the evening of the first day of the week, so Sunday, on that Sunday night, when the disciples were together, and it tells us this, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. So here's the reality. Okay, verse 19 just lets us know that they're kind of huddling up. They had ran from the garden. They were hiding most of them at the time of the cross with only what we know of John present. Now they're hiding in a locked, secured room because they're afraid of what the Jews might do to them. Our fears drive so much of our behavior. If you want to make a bad decision, make it because you're afraid. Now that's different than being cautious, but when we make a decision out of fear, we are going to have problems. That's exactly what goes on here. But then all of a sudden, fear gives way to faith because Jesus shows up. The next sentence says, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Now, literally what's happened here is this room is, is locked. The disciples are huddled up and right in their midst, boom, Jesus just appears, and they think he's a ghost. They don't know what they're looking at. And all of a sudden, they're looking at Jesus, and he says, peace be with you. And the reality, as I want you to understand, is peace is the promise that overcomes fear. But we have to lean into that peace through faith. In other words, it's a promise, but some of us have not received it. Some of us are not living it out And so we have to really kind of recognize what is going on here. And one way that fear gives way to faith is when you're facing that anxious moment, you pray. 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace is the promise that we have to lean into with faith to receive that overcomes that fear. And it's also how we're meant to respond. Not as the world does when they freak out. It's, it transcends understanding. In other words, as a follower of Jesus, as you lean into faith and trusting that peace is this promised, it's going to be your result. The world's going to look at you and say, why aren't you freaking out as well? And if we are freaking out just like the world is, what does that say about our faith in God? Who he is and what he can do. See, the impact according to this promise that Jesus is saying and that Paul is repeating in Philippians is that the impact of God's peace is our hearts and our minds are protected. It was a peace that Jesus had already promised his disciples back before he was crucified and arrested. When in John 14, on the night that he was betrayed, says to them in John 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, Jesus says, I promise you peace. I want you to have peace. Don't go, just go along with the flow like the world does. Don't put your trust in yourselves and other things. Trust in me. So our peace is Jesus, and it's foundational to our relationship with God because you can't have an intimate relationship with someone if you are in conflict with them. If there's no peace between the two, there's really division that's left. And so Jesus comes into this moment and grants them peace. And then verse 20 says, after he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. I want you to understand what took place right there. The resurrection becomes their hope and going to become their motivation for what they do next. And it really was the evidence of Jesus' bodily resurrection that became their focus. It became their joy and becomes their true source of hope. So not only is Jesus' death give us peace with God because it removes our rebellious sin away that God no longer can't be around us, but now we're reunited in intimacy. His resurrection gives us that hope of eternal life. The problem, I really think, with most Christians today is that we forget a lot about the resurrection. We're pretty good at remembering the cross, we sing about the cross, we wear crosses, we display crosses, we love the cross and the fact that the cross shows us how much Jesus loves us to be our substitute sacrifice. But we forget about the resurrection. To help you remember, I actually just got my latest tattoo. This hurts so much on my elbow, but it's the empty tomb with the three crosses on the hill, stone rolled away. I wanted to remember visually, oh, you don't have to clap for a tattoo. I know you're all going to go home right now and say, hey, mom, dad, I want to get a tattoo because the chapel speaker had tattoos. But here's the truth. You can't get a tattoo in California until they're 18, so just hold on to your desire, all right? Um, <clears throat> but we need to remember the resurrection because the resurrection lets me know there's something more to this world. When tragedy, and I shared this with you last year, when tragedy struck my family a year and a half ago, the resurrection became my only hope because this world was so painful. But to remember, you know what? The moment of my anxiety, the moment of my tragedy doesn't change the meaning of the tomb. The moment doesn't change the meaning. 
The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. This world is not the end of your story, so don't live like it is. Don't get so wrapped up in what's going on here and forget the whole goal is to be with God forever and ever and ever. And that's what the disciples see all of a sudden. They now all of a sudden rejoice because they have the, the hope of eternal life standing right there in front of them. And so Jesus then, as they now have this faith, Jesus then says back to them in verse 21, Jesus, uh, peace with you. Peace be with you. I, I was really struck when I was studying this, like, why did he repeat it a second time? I can understand the first time Jesus says, hey, peace be with you, because they're freaking out that a ghost just showed up in their presence. But this time, he's already proven that he's alive. They're already overjoyed at the proof of that resurrection. So he, why say peace be with you again? It's because this time, it's not just the assurance, hey, it's okay, I'm with you. It's a promised blessing again of peace. This repetition of this promise of peace makes this gift of peace so much larger, so much more significant. And so what I want you to understand is the anxious moments you go with, they don't just not change the message, the, the meaning, sorry. The moment doesn't change the meaning. The moment of your anxiety, whatever you're facing, does not change the message. In other words, God's peace is still for you. God's peace is still with you. So lean into it through prayer. Sing about it through worship on your own. Meditate on psalms that declare God's power over darkness. See, this blessing of peace looms large because it's given alongside a commissioning. Jesus finishes his statement in John 20, verse 21, by saying, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. This blessing of peace is accompanied with a commissioning of purpose. I'm sending you. I don't know if you realize, but over 40 times in the Gospel of John, it, John writes, Jesus was sent by the Father. There's a direct connection between God the Father and God the Son. And what now is happening is, because of our peace with Jesus, even in our anxiety, even in our turbulent times, Jesus is saying, as I have been sent, I'm sending you with that message of God's peace and the hope that is available to everyone. See, whatever you're going through, Whatever anxiety you're feeling, it does not change the meaning. The tomb is still empty. This world is not all that there is. Our story's not over. And it doesn't change the message. God's peace is for you. God's peace is available to you. And it will never change the mission God has for you. In other words, you're created to serve God's kingdom purpose. You weren't created for a paycheck. You weren't created just for a relationship. Those are tools that God might use to help you accomplish his purpose. But to realize God created you for a mission. And so don't be distracted from that mission. Don't, don't give up on that mission just because of whatever anxiousness you're going through. So whatever anxiousness you're going through, whether it's picking a college, think about the college that's going to equip you both in mind and in spirit to, to work and to serve God's purpose, whatever vocational calling that might be. Pick a relationship with a friend or someone more significant that will encourage you to be faithful to God and his purpose, wherever that is. See, whatever anxious moment you're going through, it doesn't change the purpose God created you for. He wants you to overcome it. So the moment doesn't change the meaning of the tomb is empty. It doesn't change the message that God's peace is with you and for you. And it doesn't change the mission God has created you to be on. So remember Jesus is alive. 
He's given you peace. So go do the mission he has for you. Let me pray for us real quick. God, thank you for these students. Thank you that in the midst of their struggles, in the midst of the stress of this moment and of the anxiety they're feeling, God, thank you that you are alive. Help us to remember and to live that the tomb is empty, and so this world is not the end of our story. Help us to remember you are saying, peace, peace be with you. Help us to take that attitude into the things that we involve ourselves with, the, the activities that we do now, and the mission you've created us to be a part of for our future, God, that we would serve your kingdom work, God. So thank you for what you're going to do through these students for your kingdom. We love you. We pray in your precious name. Amen. All right. Well, that was the message from Professor Dave Keen. I am now joined by Professor Keen here in our podcast studio for just a quick, like, sort of exit interview that we like to do with our chapel speakers. So, first of all, thank you for joining me here in the studio. You're welcome. Um, first question is just to tell us about yourself a little bit. Uh, what do you do, and um, what inspired you maybe to get into ministry? Anything like that you want to talk about? Well, I was a youth pastor for 29 years. I knew very early on in my teenage years that God called me to share his truth and the love of Jesus. And I was very passionate about students and, and uh, loving students. So I was a youth pastor for 29 years. In that journey, I went to get more training at uh, Talbot Seminary mm-hmm. and uh, was asked to come back and be an adjunct professor. And uh, a couple of years after that, uh, I was asked to go get my doctorate and become a full-time professor. So my full-time job is I'm a professor at Biola University. I'm the department chair of ministry majors, and uh, but it comes out of a real heart for the church. I'm still part-time serving as a lead pastor at a church in San Clemente, mm-hmm. Cornerstone Community Church in San Clemente. And uh, God has been so good. He's allowed me to live out my boyhood dream of riding on fire trucks, so I'm in the senior chaplain now for an Orange County Fire. So I have my hands on quite a few things, yeah. all related around to the gospel and to ministry and uh, and just, you know, loving people to that end of knowing who Jesus is. Yeah, I love that. Can you tell us a little bit about your—obviously, we just heard the message, but can you tell us about maybe what inspired this message and what is your, like, biggest hope that you get—or that you hope our students get out of hearing the message? So I came and spoke— last year to the students, and I really talked about grief. Um, A year and a half ago, my oldest son passed away suddenly of a brain aneurysm. And so the last year and a half, our family obviously has been going through incredible grief and struggle over that. And what I have learned in a very personal way is that the reality of the resurrection overcomes whatever the moment might be feeling like. So the moment is filled with anxiety. The moment is filled with challenge. The moment is filled with pain or grief. And so many times we allow that anxiety or, or whatever we're feeling challenged by to distract us, to, to delay us, to even cancel out what yeah. we know to be true. And so I was just feeling like I want people to know, especially my church and, and, and these students, that the moment you're experiencing does not change the meaning of the empty tomb. The mm-hmm. tomb is empty. The yeah. resurrection is our reality. 
we focus a lot on the cross and praise God for his love for us that he died as our substitute sacrifice, but it really is the resurrection that gives us the hope of eternal life and the fact that we are united with him in his death and resurrection. And so we need to remember that whatever I'm going through, it doesn't change the meaning of the empty tomb and it doesn't change the message God has for us, that when he saw those disciples right after he came to them, he said, peace be with you twice to emphasize, this is what I'm offering to you. I want you to have peace, not to give into fear, not to give into the moment. And then ultimately, because of that, because the tomb is empty, because I'm living in peace with God, Mm -hmm. I have a mission that God has been created to do. And so the moment, whatever I've, I've experienced, whatever I've gone through, it doesn't change the mission that God has for us. And so my hope for these students is as they're going through, you know, the turbulent years of teenage years and getting ready for college, that that they don't allow other things to distract them from what God has created them to do, to live out that mission because of the meaning of the empty tomb and because of the message of peace he's given us. I love that. That's beautiful and that's such wisdom. Last question in closing, if people want to reach out to you, if they have any questions or um, stuff like that, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Yeah, the best way to get a hold of me is through my Biola email. It's uh, david.s.keen, that's K-E-E-H-N, at Biola, it's B as in boy, I-O-L-A dot E-D-U. So it's david.s.keen at Biola dot E-D-U. Um, many people don't realize that Biola is actually an acronym, stands for Bible Institute of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. So if you ever need to remember what, how to spell Biola, just think Bible Institute of Los Angeles and you got it. So that's how you can get a hold of me. That's wonderful. Thank you again for coming to campus today. Thank you for sharing your message and your heart with our students. It's a huge blessing. My pleasure. All right, take care. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. This episode has been a production of the Capistrano Valley Christian Schools Podcast Network. Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian JK-12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email podcasts at cvcs.org. On behalf of the whole network, this is Mr. Jasper saying thank you again for listening and stay tuned for more.